With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. Live. Hour number two in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. DK Metcalf next hour in studio, Seahawks. Uh, Meta Sandiford Artest is going to be joining us. He knows all about defense and playoffs. Defense is always a much bigger deal in the playoffs than it gets credit for. The offense, the regular season is about offense. The playoffs is a much more split offensive-defensive equation. Like, the regular season is about 80-20 offense. Playoffs is about 65-35, 60-40 offense defense. Lakers protecting the rim the other night. Rudy Gobert's out. A smaller team for the T-Wolves. AD's big down the stretch. You start to getting games 5, 6, and 7. It's defensive slugfest. The totals come cratering down. Yep. Yeah. So, here are, in my opinion, the 10 players... J-Mac, facing the most pressure. All right, ready to go? The, starting this weekend, the big games. It's going to be a great weekend of NBA playoff basketball. So here we go. Number one. I think it's Joel Embiid. Okay, dude, if you want the MVP and you just had your best year, you got to win a second playoff series. He's never advanced past the second round. The Bucks are aging. The Celtic center, Robert Williams, hit and miss on health. If you're going to... Want the MVP off your best season. Maxie's become a good player. Harden led the league in assists. It's your time. You got to win two playoff series minimum. Number two. I think Jason Tatum. Listen, there's rumors. If they get bounced before the finals, they're moving off Jalen Brown. Dude, no more passive in crisis. Last year, he led the NBA playoffs in scoring, but it felt like he wilted in the finals. He's more rested this season. This is structurally as good as any team in the league. They have got to get to the finals. May not have to win it, but they've got to get there. Tatum, two. Number three. I think Anthony Davis. LeBron is old. This has to be your team, especially against Memphis, without two of their front court guys. 
Okay? They have John Morant. They've got wings, Dylan Brooks. Their bigs are all banged up. All right? So you have got to dominate this series. Jaron Jackson gets into foul trouble. He likes fouling. You got to get to the line. You got to hit your free throws. You can't depend on LeBron or Austin Reeves or Dennis Schroeder. Anthony Davis, this is your series. Number four. Nikola Jokic. Back-to-back MVP. Last year, gentleman sweep first round. Come on. Listen, I have defended the guy, but at some point, it's got to be more than efficiency. If you're going to be MVP, you got to be able to compete in April, May, and June. Jokic at four. Number five. James Harden, legacy on the line. Struggled in the playoffs last year. What is he now? Is he going to go down as just a talented flake? Because now he's got the MVP at center. Maxie's become a great running mate. He's got a head coach that won a championship. He led the league in assists. The only thing missing is some playoff success. James Harden at number five. Number six. John Morant. They should beat the Lakers. They're deeper. They're younger. Why wouldn't they beat the Lakers? If they lose, my gut feeling is, we'll point to John Morant, the eight-game suspension, the star of the franchise going sideways, not mature enough to handle it. Number seven. Kawhi Leonard. They've reached one conference finals. He was going to be the answer, right? Won a title in San Antonio. Won a title. Now the Clippers decided we're going to build around Kawhi Leonard. He's not available, and because Paul George is out, hey, that's the breaks. That's the breaks. Paul Clay Thompson coming off an injury last year. The Warriors still won a final. That's the breaks. Nobody cares. You've got to get to the conference finals. Number eight. Chris Paul. Listen, he's not the score he once was. He had a career low, I think, 14 points a game. Um, But now that he's got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, this is the best starting five he's had. They can't be a one-and-done or a two-and-done. They have to get minimum to the conference finals. You know I love Chris, but this is the best supporting cast of his career. Number nine. I'd say Russell Westbrook, five different teams in five years. Is he just going to end his career Is the toxic player that can't play with anybody? Now, they've been about 500 since he arrived, and he is productive. And I think, I, I think he wanted to stay in Los Angeles. His family's here. So this is a big deal for Russell Westbrook. Can he be a functional player, maybe be a, at times off the bench, uh, a role player who gives you great energy and spots, but you don't trust situationally? It's a big deal for him. You don't want to end just bouncing around the league when you're a Hall of Famer. Number 10. Kevin Durant. His legacy right now, fair or not, is tied overwhelmingly to the Warriors and Steph Curry. Now, I think Kevin's one of the best players I've ever seen. But he's only got one conference finals appearance with the Thunder and the Nets. So I do think elevating a Phoenix Suns franchise, which had to change owners, Chris Paul's having his lowest scoring year, Monty Williams in eight and a year ago didn't get along. He can elevate, maybe slightly, but I think there's a little pressure on Kevin to prove that, hey, I can take a franchise. Things aren't necessarily perfect. We don't have a great bench. Chris Paul's at the end, and I can take us to the finals. Top 10 players, most pressure. I don't. My staff may disagree. I do not believe there is a ton of pressure on uh, LeBron James. I don't. I think I think he's cemented. I think in year 20, anything you get from LeBron over 30 minutes a night is gravy. 
Um, so I, I don't feel a lot of pressure on LeBron James. I think, I think Anthony Davis, it's not on Austin Reeves or Dennis Schroeder. I think the pressure's on Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, you can't control your health. But when you face a team that's young and missing two of their bigs, you better control the series. So I don't think there's any question. The NBA playoffs are about defense, rim protection, toughness, getting to the line. That's where Anthony Davis is better than John Morant. And he should be the best player in this series, both rosters. Can I take issue with Embiid at one? All right. So he went all out this year. He wanted the MVP. He yes. hunted that badly. Yes. Played the most minutes per game of yeah. his career. And a lot he of games. really wanted the MVP. Yeah. But he ain't getting by Boston. They're under. They're going to be underdogs in that series. Do you know they're not beating the Celtics, right? So is it fair to say you got to get to a conference final? If Robert Williams plays half the games, which is always possible, you better go seven. If, if they don't have a legit, if Al Horford guarding Embiid, Embiid should score forty-four points a night. I think the Celtics will concede that. Go ahead, Embiid score forty-four. Play forty minutes, score forty-four. We don't think the other guys are good enough. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. We don't think they're good enough to beat. If us. he scored forty-four a night and they lost in seven, I don't it's think okay. people. Yeah, I don't think people would clobber him. But the idea, like, if you want to be MVP in the East, you got to win a couple of playoff series once. One. Okay, well, the, the uh, Jokic, uh, you know, you have well, four. Well, the West has been deeper historically. Oh, by the way, Nuggets. Let's, we'll talk and, about them later in the yeah, show. Yeah, well, didn't Jokic have a good playoff? He run? did. They, they went to the conference finals, yeah, I yeah. believe, in the bubble, lost to the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Our guy. We don't get. Come on in, man. Meta Santa for sure, Peace man. is joining us. It is great to see you. Right, you know, man. I always, if you ever forget how big NBA guys are, I'm 6'2", 200 almost, and you are just, you're all man right here. You could still play, it looks like. I'm, I'm 290 right now. I'm still, uh... Oh, that might be. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. 290. I, I feel very comfortable here, by the way. You're 290? I've been, yeah. Look I'm, at it, J-Max, look at him. How do I look? How much do I look? <laughs> I would have guessed 220. Uh, 240, Great. yeah. Good job. Wow. That's how I want to look. Um, so, I, we were talking about pressure on stars mm-hmm. uh one of your great moments to me is is hitting the jumpers game seven at home you were a pressure player mm-hmm. some guys shrink in pressure i always felt like you kind of liked it for sure you liked big games not all guys do you know this especially yeah. those young guys you get to the playoffs some of those young guys they shrink a little bit um when you look at the lakers i feel the pressures you can't put it on lebron in year 20 I think it's on AD. I think you're right. It's probably more because AD's younger. He's playing well, by the way. So this year, I mean, we got to keep it in perspective, though. The Lakers might not win, but they have a chance to win. Right? They don't have a consistent third score. I mean, with with D'Lo, they have it now. I mean, he Mm -hmm. he didn't have a great game the last game, but prior games, the reason they're in the playoffs has to do with D'Lo, too. So I do believe you. I do agree with you. AD has more burden on his shoulders. So I've always felt that veteran players, the playoffs are about the old guys. Yeah. You manipulate officials, you manipulate young players. And I think a lot of it is defense. In the regular season, uh, Meta, um, it's about a 75, 80% offensive game, 20% defense. The playoffs, it's closer to 60, 40, 50, 50. So go back to your career. When you got in the playoffs, you kind of knew the refs would swallow the whistle did you change a little bit defensively in the playoffs? Yeah, I was more aggressive. And the playoffs is about defense, right? So I knew this was my type of style. They let you get away with a little bit more. 
I mean, they still call fouls on the stars, but you can get a little bit more aggressive in the playoffs, and the whistle's going to be swallowed. You got to be ready for the playoffs for Did sure. You, it, it, it's so you you would go into games knowing. And by the way, would yeah. a coach tell you? Would 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 a, a coach tell you? Would the game plan? Like I think Golden State's going to lean on Sacramento. Draymond's <laughs> going to push Gary Payton. I think they're going to get very physical with Sacramento. Mm. Well, I, I feel like Mike Brown came a long way, right? So. From that perspective, look what he's doing with the Kings right now. Like these guys had, they got, they have a legit chance to win a title. So I don't see that happen. I see it being a good series because Mike, Mike Brown learned from Coach Kerr. Coach Kerr learned from the Jackson and Popovich, obviously, but and Mike Brown also learned from Popovich. And he's seasoned and he's ready for this moment. So I don't think it's going to be a pushover. Um, yeah, we think it's six games, Warriors. Uh, maybe, maybe, but maybe not, definitely not a pushover. Now, Wiggins has been out for several months. I actually have the Kings winning the championship this year. You do? Kings of the Lakers. Well, in the Western Conference. I mean, no, the NBA championship. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, you think Sacramento can win it all? Uh, yeah, I think they have a They're shot. They're a bunch of kids, and they don't play defense. But they buying into Coach Brown's, you know, habits and his, his culture and his style and his winning background also so we'll see the um when you look at wiggins has been out for a couple months when you go back to your big laker day 17 years nba champ could you take a guy and just insert him into the playoffs if he knew the system because he was so good last year in the right, finals right, right. do you worry at all about wiggins has been gone for two months personal stuff yeah whatever happened and now all of a sudden the playoffs are here hey dude come back in does that work that works. It, you got to be lenient as a coach. You know, Coach Kerr, he's been through everything, right? So you got to understand as a coach, you're going to go through things. Yeah, let him play. And I feel like with Curry, uh, you know, with Kelly Thompson, he's going to figure it out. They're going to put him in the right position, right? And, and then also the Warriors are not bringing on people with low IQ, right? So he's going to come back and fit in and make that team better. Um, was Phil like that? Were your best coaches like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Phil, I could see Phil doing something like that. You know, somebody's coming back, putting them in, figuring it out. You know, you got to be, you got to be a risk taker a little bit. When you, um, so I'm a huge fan of KD. Mm -hmm. At this point in his career, he gets banged up a little bit, but he's a great player. And I, and I think one of the reasons he works is because he doesn't have a huge ego. He doesn't need to dribble the ball. You plug and play. Yeah. Um, does he remind you of anybody? Your thoughts on KD as a player, who he reminds you of, and co sort of stylistically, what is he to you? He's definitely a top, you know, 15, 20 player, you know, all-time type of guy when his career's over, right? He's that type of talent, a champion. So, but I feel like, yes, if he does win this title, it puts his legacy a little higher, right? And, and I remember playing against He's one of the guys that I played against a couple times, but he had the skill and the talent. When I was older, he was just blown right by me. So he's one of those players. Was he a talker on the court? No, nah, not much of a talker, but for sure a competitor. You know, not much of a talker, but for sure a competitor. And for sure, he knew he was going to get to his spot. Um, let's go to the East. So the Celtics, this has been the same group of guys mm -hmm. for a long time. Like six, seven years now. It's the Tatums. It's the Browns. If they don't win... Patience is important, but you do get to a point now, is, is Tatum now and Jalen Brown, they're in their prime. This is the most you could get for them. Right. Let's say the Celtics don't get to the finals. They get knocked out. 
would you go would you run it back again or is it time i mean the lakers historically they don't run stuff back a lot lakers, right. They right. Take, they're like the yankees if they don't win a world series or, or an nba title they, they blow you're boston if they don't win let's say they don't even get to the finals would you blow up brown tatum marcus smart well, I think you don't blow them up. I think you take the San Antonio approach with that team. Not Now, other teams and other player combinations, maybe I wouldn't say that. But with this team, they're good. They're unselfish. They play the game the right way. They're winners. So they might not win every year, but I think eventually they'll get over the hump. You see what I'm saying? So, but, but, yes, everybody's on the clock, especially the Celtics yeah. and the Lakers because they're trying to get number 18, number 19, right? They're trying to stay ahead of the pack in terms of number of banners. So that's where the pressure, the extra added pressure in terms of if you would even think about doing something like that. So you talk the San Antonio model. Basically, keep the guys intact. Mm-hmm. Find somebody in the league. They tried Horford. He's older. He's a good player. Right. But go get somebody to join your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to break up that team. A guy like Marcus Smart, who was a scorer and a defender. Jalen Brown, who's just as good, a better scorer, and a little step under as a defender. And you got Tatum, who's just a smart player. Right, I think you keep a team like that together. Smart, smart is not dominating the ball. Jalen lets Tatum do his thing, right? So you just add to it. Are you surprised NBA dynasties, as you know, Pistons, Bulls? I mean, the, the Bulls had a dynasty. Michael left, came back. It was three years both times. Right. We're on like eight, nine years with the Warriors. They don't usually last this long. There's egos. Yeah. Coaches get fired. Owners get crazy. Yes. But this owner's like, I don't care about the luxury tax. That's incredible. Everybody likes Kerr. Uh, Steph Curry's totally unselfish. Like, come on in. You take shots. Right. <laughs> what are you like the Lakers, even the great Laker teams, you go back to the Kobe Shaq days, a lot of clash of egos. Uh, Kareem could be a little prickly in magic. There were clashes. Are you shocked at how long Golden State's lasted? A lot of different dynamics. When you got Shaq, Shaq was always a star. Kobe was always a star. So these guys came into the league, different concept. Curry became a star. Curry earned the right to be in top 25 or top 20 all-time when he retires, right? It's different. So Curry's perspective is teamwork, get better, and make my teammates better. It's very unselfish, right? He didn't even even get recruited from the top colleges. That's interesting. Right? So he's coming into it, and he worked on his game. Now you got this star that's unselfish, that could play off the ball and on the ball, you know, and he does everything the right way. And a guy like that, you know, just, you know, he's um, definitely another level. I've never heard it put that way. So because Curry came into the league as known as a grinder and an overachiever, even as he's become a star, that's how he views himself. Yeah, he still has these different values, that hard work, you know, and I need my team and I need to work on my game or I will not make it, right? That desperation, he has that in him. Right. Yeah. Whereas Shaq and Kobe, even Kobe out of high school, came yeah. in as, oh, he's the next Jordan. Right. I'm the best. I'm the best. You know, everybody that has that level, I was New York State player of the year. Right. I'm feeling a certain way about my career. Right. But when you got the NBA, it's a little bit different. Right. But I respect Shaq and Kobe for staying competitive, standing their ground, you know, right. and saying, no, nah, I'm the best. Right. I respect that. You had a great career. When was the moment? And I always think this is interesting is that everybody in the NBA was the best player on their high school team, yeah. was the best player in their region, and most of you were the best player in your state. You were New York State's player, a player of the year. Yeah. When did you realize, was it a game of practice, that you're like, I'm going to be more of a role player in this league? When did you realize it? 
Well, I never really looked at it that way. I always thought my defense was better than people's offense, right? So for me, I was never a role player. I was a star because on the defensive side. Yeah, you know, I always felt I never really wanted to score, but I felt like if I had I had to score because they wasn't you know people wasn't really looking at somebody averaging five points. I'm I was way more comfortable locking up, but when you want to win, you'll do anything to win. So I had to work on my game, right, just right. so I could win. <laughs> Bruce Bone was a little bit like that. Bruce always no, said, "No, we're, we're different. I love Bruce, but we're different." Well, no, no, no. You're you're a more physical player. But Bruce said he realized very early. He goes, "I was a star on defense." Right. Exactly. Well, from that perspective, that's how. As a defender, we're going to feel that way for sure. And I respect Bruce's game. But yeah, I, I just felt like you know I rather play defense. I can affect the game on defense, and you see a lot of players like that now. But you know, sometimes you got to get your boogie on. <laughs> get your, you know, what I'm saying, get your boogie on. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when when you um, go back, because I think playoff basketball, mm-hmm. you know, fans, uh, we fall in love with the the stars in the regular season, and then the NBA officials, essentially, as you said earlier, are going to swallow the whistle, and the older, tougher, stronger players are going to control this. For instance, the Lakers lead the NBA in free throw attempts. Why? Because Austin Reeves, AD, and LeBron attack the basket. Yeah. Memphis. When their bigs got hurt, now they shoot more jumpers. They don't get to the free throw line, right? Right. And so, w- when you look at, um, let's go back to this. Pivot back to the Lakers, right? If um, my argument is they are tough, they defend, and they get to the free throw line. Um, let's say they lose to Memphis, and Memphis is good. Memphis is tight. Memphis sure. is deeper, and Memphis has a lot of speed in that backcourt. If they lose. Can we acknowledge now, LeBron's given you 50 games a year. There's an argument to be made that, and I think Boston's an interesting team. LeBron needs a teammate, a running mate, that plays 75 games and is younger. Horford's getting old. I could see an AD for Jalen Brown swap, so Tatum's got a star big because they can't trust Robert Williams. But I guess my point is, if the Lakers get doused in five games, can you run this back? Well, I think uh, LeBron's dominant. He's proven that when you put good surrounding players around him that he's going to get to the playoffs and do work. So from that perspective, he's earned the right. And he's that good enough where if he want to stay or whatever the case may be, that you keep him, right? I feel like you know that the injuries hurt them. Adding D'Lo is going to help. I think they're catching a stride right now. And I, I said, and even years ago, I think I was on the show when LeBron was 35 or however old he was. He's getting older. We know that. But he's still effective. He's still better than most players. Yeah, he's top 10 guy still. Still. Now, you were on the last Sacramento team to make the playoff. Yes. Let's talk about it. What was it like? It was fun, man. It was a, just got traded from Indiana to Indiana Pacers. You yeah. know, I love the Pacers organization and everybody. And Johnny Walsh and those guys. And then, you know, we um, went to the Kings, the Maloofs. Great people. Oh, fun. You know, fun people, great family, Mama Maloof, and then Coach Adelman. Uh, we was in, I think, 11th place when I got there in February or January or something like that. Then I said, we're going to go to the playoffs. Kind of, Everybody was kind of laughing at me a little bit. We go to the playoffs. It was a great run. I came in out of shape. I was really out of shape when I got to uh, the Kings. Who was on that club? The, Mike Bibby, incredible, Brad Miller, um, Kenny. Uh, we had um, Carlos Williamson. Yeah. It was great working with Carlos because we worked um, in the playoffs. At, we, we was in last place, and I'm like, Carlos, you played at Detroit. I played at Indiana. 
stop playing, man. Let's put some defense in right now. Right. Let's compliment. And, you know, we was like in, in the practice after the shoot-arounds. I remember that. I remember those times. Sharif Abdul, Raheem, yeah. Bonzi Wells was on that team. We had a squad. And they, they broke us up too early. Right? We, we go to the playoffs from being back to getting to the playoffs to almost beating the Spurs. Gave them a little run. And then they break us up. That's a tough team. You had tough guys. Tough guys. Tough guys. Was practice tough, physical? Every team I'm on, practice is going to be tough. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't waste any time on you, – you bring elbows in practice. Not necessarily, but we're going to work. Yeah, we're working. Yeah, so that's why you and Kobe got along so well. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I remember some of the practices. R.I.P. Kobe. We miss Kobe. Um, number 24. But, yeah, in practice, it was tough in the beginning, especially in the beginning wow. when I first got there because, you know, the drill's going to put you on opposite sides. So we had a lot of time to compete against each other. I, I, love, I love Kobe. We miss him. And did he appreciate you at practice? I think he did. I think he did. Um, I was a little bit – I was like, wow, he really wants me to be a Laker when they called me. I'm like, oh, this is – I said, he must be crazy, right? <laughs> 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 and for sure um, – He's very tough, and it was great to compete and then play alongside him Yeah, and then compete. Well, uh, Game 7 Celtics here at home in Los Angeles. You got him a title. Um, great seeing you as always. You too, man. It was great being here. Good to see you. One more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network. Network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics. Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply Safe Security, no safe like Simply Safe. Go to simplysafecolin.com. Spring cleaning, clean your house, protect every inch of it. simplysafecolin.com. J Mac with the news. 
No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at the New England Patriots quarterback competition this offseason between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I know you're a Mac Jones guy, um, but apparently it's going to be an open competition. Um, Look at this. You know, they hired Bill O'Brien to be the OC, and he is completely reworking the Patriots' offensive playbook, according to Albert Breer. What does that tell And uh, the team will need to learn a new offense for the second straight season. Um, my understanding is Bill O'Brien is completely reworking the playbook. I think it's going to be a hybrid of a lot of different things. It's going to have some stuff that they did at Alabama that Mac is going to be comfortable with. He's got really great perspective because he does have the bones of the Patriots' offense. But he's going to be able to do some things that I think are on the cutting edge of where the sport is going. So two quarterbacks, one I love, one is good, are going to have really much better years. Justin Herbert with Kellen Moore is going to have a great year. And Mac Jones with a grown-up, Bill O'Brien offensive coordinator, is going to rebound and have a very solid B-plus year. So do you believe the rumors that Belichick was looking to offload Mac Jones? Yeah, I think Belichick has no he he has no touch with offense at all, and it's been proven time and time again. He can't draft it, develop it, or buy it. Or does he think that Matt Jones doesn't have a great feel for the quarterback position? No, no, he not- knows he has a great feel. He also is called Mac and Roe Jones that he pushes back, and Tom didn't, and Cam didn't, and Mac as a rookie started to do it, and then last year Mac he's never had anybody that pushed back. Garoppolo didn't do it, Brady didn't do it, the Cleveland guys didn't do it. Mac is like, no, 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 I get a say. If you're going to give me Matt Patricia, I get a say with my career. Totally defend Mac Jones on Wow. I told you before, if Fox gave me a sales guy to be my content director, I get an opinion. I don't have to accept it. So now, they wouldn't do that. But but again, Mac Jones is put into a position to save his career, and we're all banging what on Mac career? Jones. What Well, he doesn't have a career. He had a He's very, in like year three or four. He's had nothing. He had a, he got to the playoffs oh. as a rookie. How he much? did or Belichick got them to the playoffs? Belichick dragged that team to the playoffs. Come on, Mac, really? So you've got two choices. You could side with Mac and a guy Ju- Justin Fields Mac was part of a, Jones. Ju- Justin Fields was part of a 10-game losing streak. In the weaker NFC, Mac Jones in the tougher AFC, as a rookie, got him to the playoffs. So I asked you, you want Mac Jones or Justin Fields starting your quarterback next season? Who is it? Well, Mac Jones can play. Right now, I'm hoping Justin Fields can. Justin's way more gifted off script. Mac Jones, go look at his rookie numbers with no receivers and weak tight ends. And Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. Who, by the way, when Brady left him, non-playoff. It's been decided. Quarterbacks are more important than coaches. So just to recap, you you uh you're siding with a guy that's nicknamed McEnroe Jones Love it. against the greatest coach in the history of the sport who had a dynasty for two decades. And you're you're like I Timmy no. Mac Jones. No, you you're you're <laughs> conflating arguments. I am defending a young quarterback who was put in an untenable situation, it's has fair. a right to an opinion. I don't want passive-aggressive quarterbacks. I want Brady barking at Josh McDaniels. I had, I never had a problem with Peyton Manning barking at a coach. Quarterback on, on a rookie deal in year three has a right to bark at Bill Belichick? A guy who wouldn't take any lip from Tom Brady and undress Brady in the film room in front of everybody to keep everybody in line? That's Tom's personality. It's not McEnroe hey, Jones' hey, personality. Hey. Oh, my God. Maybe I need to unleash some McEnroe Jones on this show. <laughs> Let's see how you handle that, Mr. Belichick of Sports Radio TV. <laughs> uh, next story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
Kevin O'Connell is entering his second season as coach of the Vikings. They were 13-4 and last year. Your number one pick uh, that you nailed doing a victory lap still five months later. Um, and, of course, they lost in the wild card to the Giants. They've talked about developing a young quarterback, but they still have Kirk Cousins, who O'Connell seems excited about. Very excited about Kirk in year no. two in, in this system, and, and it's been a while since Kirk's been able to say uh, that he gets to come back in, in the same system he ran previously with the same play caller. Um, I've had a lot of great dialogue with him about ways we're going to look to fine-tune what we did and, and grow and improve. So um, that'll be a, a big part of 2023 for me, not only as the head coach, but play caller and our offensive staff. Did you have big conversations mm. about him not shrinking in big games? Did, did you see it with a shoulder shrug? I, I got a lot of confidence in Kirk. Like, there's a lot of chatter from smart people about the Vikings drafting a quarterback in the first round. Remember, this regime did not draft Kirk Cousins. They, they're not wedded to him. New GM, new coach. And uh, it worked well last year. I will say this. Max Duggan is a more talented Brock Purdy. And Max Duggan's the TCU quarterback. I like him. I People think he'll fall third or fourth round. I think he's the Brock Purdy of the draft. I've, I've got a guy, not, not this player's agent, but the kid Hall at BYU, the quarterback. Yeah. Super athletic. Good arm. Somebody's trying to talk me into him middle round. I think that's the new move. Like, can we find the Brock Purdy in the third or fourth round? If we don't have a star yet. There you go. And in a year or two, he's starting on the super cheap. Like, I mean, the Brock Purdy thing worked out so well. Taylor Heineke hosted a playoff game yeah. and gave Brady and the Bucks that Super Bowl year, push. Like, if you have a roster that's good and you got a quarterback that's a B-minus, but again... You can throw it. I go back to the Russell Wilson Seattle days when they brought in Percy Harvin, who barely played, but Pete's like he's a fun toy. He's even if you put him in a jet sweeter motion, he's an unbelievable decoy. He had a migraine headache issues. So Percy struggled. He was a great player, but he just struggled to stay on the field. But once you have that, Russell was on a rookie deal. You can go get a Cliff Averill. You get all these luxury buys. All the like, you know, you, you get your, you get these little. Pieces that you could never afford with a great quarterback. Dak Prescott, mid-round pick, right? Uh, in Dallas, uh, yeah. Russell Wilson. There's been a bunch of these guys. The, it's just tough to find them. You know, there's no exact science to it. No. you got to fit them into but the I right think system. people would be surprised how many really good quarterbacks come. So Brady's obviously sixth round, but Russell Wilson third, Dak fourth, Kirk Cousins fourth, but, Brock well, Purdy seventh. Jalen Hurts was second, was he? Second. Yeah. No, I mean, you go back, every round has had a great quarterback. Um... Kurt Warner undrafted. I don't mm-hmm. think Kurt Warner was drafted. Tony Tony Romo undrafted. Yeah. So I can give you borderline or Hall of Fameish guys at every position in football undrafted. Seventh, six, fifth. I mean, I think Mark Brunel was a later round pick. When Mark Brunel was actually ended up being a real, you know, but I mean, just I think he was a later round pick. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the world, and there's more now than ever because of all the generational seven on seven and the quarterback coaching. These kids are better earlier. Mark Brunel, okay. fifth round. I'm told. Uh, slide one in here. You want C.J. Stroud's second pick overall, or would you take Max Duggan at the top of the third round? It's a great question. Oh, second overall, I, I would I would rather get edge rushers and players and get Duggan. Yeah, give me a, a trade down, left tackle, edge rusher, premium positions. I've got some questions about Stroud. I like him, but I don't love him. D'Amico Ryan's. There's no pressure on him in year one. He doesn't have to win now. What he has to do is fix the roster and get the culture right. You don't have to take a quarterback to do that. And final story: uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. They're back in action tonight. Uh, fun playing night of action. Uh, win and in scenario, and they get Rudy Gobert back from suspension after punching 
Kyle Anderson, eh, they're calling it like a shoulder slap. It wasn't like a actual like punch. It was inappropriate. Um, here's Rudy Gobert, who's back on the scuffle. Both apologize to each other. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you move on. I mean, you that's life. You know, that's life. It's, it's different when you have millions of people that are watching videos and all have an opinion about things that happen. But um, that, that we can't control. But what we can control is how we... You know, the, the, the respect we have for each other and how we handle our, our relationship. I, I love how he could just bounce back from it. Uh, his teammate said to his face, I'll knock your ass out in the locker room. Well, like five days ago. These are young men, a lot of testosterone. Well, there was uh, other stuff I can't say on air. Well, stuff gets said. You got to get over it. You got you to get over it. Look at Gobert, Gobert backing up. Come on. Can't be doing that. Charles Barkley's right. You can't throw a punch and back up. Yeah, Charles Barkley knows a lot about throwing punches and throwing well, guys through plate yeah, glass But he windows. went forward. Yeah, he did, because he's well, Charles Barkley. Hmm. If you're going to punch, you got to go forward. We should have asked uh, our, I'm gonna, Ron Artest, you know, he's got the new name. We should ask. We should have asked him about Rudy Gobert and the punch. I'm sure he's been in some altercations in his yeah, time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's he's, a, he's a large You know what? I can remember Doug Christie and Rick Fox. Oh, that was classic. I mean... And I, was that even a regular season game? Like, yeah, and then they went into the tunnel afterward, yes. and they were like really mixing we got, it up. We've gotten very soft as a society. I mean, like it was like everybody was like Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Nobody. Mm. You've you seen sh- the video of this fifty times. But I, I can remember Jordan Poole was not expecting a in whack. the '70s, '80s, and '90s. There were guys tackling each other in the Pistons Lakers finals. You it mean, was brutal. You're talking about when guys were smoking cigarettes at halftime in the locker room in the '70s, right? That that same NBA. No, I'm saying the '80s, '90s NBA. Go watch YouTube highlights of the yeah. Pistons Lakers Celtics. There were Dr. J and Bird came to blows. Yeah. Now that thing in and, the huddle is like whoa, and it got so. That Get David Stern it. had to change the image of the league because people were calling the guys' names like thugs and stuff, and then he had to implement the dress code. Like Stern had to clean that up. You can't have that stuff going on. Well, I think yeah. I mean, you, ideally, you can't have it. But the players today, there's almost. I mean, I've said this about the NBA before. If you don't like the NBA, fine. I can go to baseball and football and find a lot of bad dudes. Of course. That do horrible things. Who's the bad guy in the NBA today? They don't have one. The, I mean, the, the, the Morris twins. But they're not bad. They're just, they're chatty. I mean, but I mean, seriously, chatty. I can go find a million issues with baseball and football players. Is Patrick Beverly a bad Again, dude? I mean, Patrick Beverly's talking to Is he a gnat or a no, bad dude? No, he's just annoying. He's not a bad guy. There's no bad guys in the NBA. Define bad guy. You mean like off I the mean court? like bad guy doing bad things in his personal life to other people. The wife. I mean, just bad guys. Guys that do bad things. So, like, Draymond Green knocks out a teammate. Okay, that's just, that's practice and getting rough. That's not, Dray, I know Draymond. Draymond's yes. like, great dad, great he husband, great like guy. guy. He's yeah, a he great seems guy. He's a great guy. He's a good guy. But I mean, again, I'm not, I don't count what happens at practice defining you as a bad guy. I'm not want, defining, but it's, it's I like part my of the guys, equation. I like my guys throwing a few bows at practice. <laughs> I like tough dudes. This show, this show. This show wow. boxes people out. I, you know, I can't wait till one of these production meetings. Somebody throws a punch at someone. You're gonna. Oh, I like this guy. Yeah. I'll say, put your phone down. Let him work it out. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're battling over takes. <laughs> J Mac with the news. <laughs>
Well, that's the news. <laughs> and thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. To gain visibility and control over your financials, HR, e-commerce, take advantage, special financing offer, no payments, no interest, six months, NetSuite by Oracle. Check it out, netsuite.com slash herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. What do you get when you combine a three-time manager of the year and a three-time national National Sports Writer of the Year. It's the Book of Joe podcast. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions, playoff games, and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The NBA play-in continues tonight, and so does your chance to win $1,000 playing Fox Bet Super 6. Download the free Super 6 app on your phone and enter your six predictions for Bulls Heat for your chance to win big. Uh, it's the silly season. It's two weeks out from the NFL draft. So people just say things anonymously now. I don't believe half of them. Anthony Richardson's the quarterback uh, for Florida who was 13th in the SEC in accuracy. He lost to Vanderbilt. He threw for 66 yards passing in one game. Now he's uh, Mahomes. Uh, here's a scout, an anonymous NFL executive. We have reached the silly season on Anthony Richardson. Hey, if you just watched him and knew nothing about his resume, you'd take him number one and not think twice. 
I mean, he makes hard stuff look really easy. I don't want to play against him. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Andy Reid, Mahomes, they're terrified of playing against a guy that lost to Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. The other thing the article said is, man, he really turned some heads at the Combine. So did Zach Wilson. If your tape isn't overwhelmingly why you're drafted, if it's a Combine argument, if it's because he did backflips on a pro day, <laughs> I'm not making him number one. I mean, give me a break. Patrick Mahomes, it's amazing to me people fall for this. Patrick Mahomes gives you two amazing plays a game. It's his consistency why he wins. He doesn't beat himself. He Look at all of his starts. Only nine times has he had more than one pick, and he's throwing 40 times a game. He only had, in the Super Bowl, he had one unbelievable play, that 26-yard run on one ankle. That was like, whoa. Then he just hit open guys. He wasn't doing sidearm stuff. Matt Stafford in that Super Bowl had one amazing throw to Cooper Cup. Justin Fields is a highlight reel. He misses too many layups. This guy's a highlight reel. He completes 53% of his throws in college. Wait. Can I jump in here? Are you talking about Josh Allen or Anthony Richardson? Because I just no. looked at, you yeah. know, Josh, Josh yeah. Allen in college. I he lost that. to Boise State. He threw five interceptions in a game against yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. Lost to UNLV. Yeah. When you have one comp in the history of the league, <laughs> everybody points to Josh Allen and goes, boo, 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 Josh Allen. Yeah, there's one exception where a guy completes 53% of his throws. And then he goes to the pros, gets a brilliant offensive coach and a great defense, and wins games. One comp. You got to have multiple comps or multiple examples of how this quarterback or receiver or defensive tackle works. 53% losing to Vanderbilt, 66 yards passing in a game. Remember, <laughs> yeah, you go to college. For as wild as Mahomes was, 66% completion percentage. In college, 66% his final year, and in his pro career, 66%. That's fair. So it, Mahomes is accurate, hits all his layups, and about twice a game, you go, wow. Okay. That's all Herbert gives you. Burrow gives you one of those. The great ones, they don't miss layups. This guy misses layups. Okay. Uh, I'll Listen, I'm not an all-in Anthony Richardson you guy, but I do like one. him. I do like him. I, I, listen, you just said, Josh Allen, you gave him a great coach in Brian Dable. Um, you know, Frank Wright knows a little bit about the quarterback position, right? Shane, uh, what's his name? Steichen, uh, the, the new Colts coach. He, he did some good things with Jalen Hurts last year, Colin. Let's not act like Brian Dable's the only quarterback whisperer out no, there. No, he's good. But this guy went three and six in the SEC. NFL guys are like, hey, I don't want to play that guy. I do. I want to play him all year. He went three and six in college. <laughs> I want to play him all year. Okay. All right. This is going to be fun. Draft season is going to be exciting. Because I, I, I think you're selling Richardson a little bit short. I, I don't, trust me, I don't love him one overall. But if now, I'm the team, now, if now, I'm the Panthers. Now, this is a guy, if you're Minnesota, and you can sit him for two years with Kirk's contract, that's interesting. He ain't falling to 23. I wouldn't take him high, but he's not falling to 23. Power hour next. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.